Today's episode is presented by Lodestar, the fee experts. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's Lodestar's Lending Leaders. Our guest today is Michelle Kraskowski, um, mortgage utility player, self-described, current free agent, um, and rising social media influencer. Um, I added that last one in, Michelle, because of the number of uh, podcasts and videos that you've been doing recently. So I think it's a a well-deserved title right now. Thanks so much for for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. That made me laugh. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me today. Yep. Our, our, my pleasure, or our pleasure, I should say. Um, so you've been in a myriad of industry roles, um, from operations um, to even a call center at some point. Um, currently, um, you had been very open about being laid off from a position like a lot of people right now. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey in the industry, and quite frankly, what what keeps you coming back in mortgage? Sure, that's a good, a really good question to kick us off here today. Um, You know, I got started, I think, like a lot of folks on accident into this industry. Um, And, you know, they had someone that they knew that they were really close Mm -hmm. with uh, say, hey, I think you would be great at this thing that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, we're growing and we need some dynamic folks. And so um, my story is really no different from that. I started out as a processor in um, 2002 in a small broker shop. Um, and at that point in time, I always laugh when I think about that, because at that point in time, I didn't even know you needed insurance to get a house. <laughs> and so All kinds of insurance. Yeah. And so I learned a lot. I soaked everything in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I really was very intrigued by the industry as a whole. What really keeps me coming back is just the creativity, right? Mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of us are very much utility players and things we've done throughout the course of our career vary. And um, I love the creativity part of what we get to do every day and helping people um, using that creative outlet is just a wonderful shining bright light at the end of that process. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I think um, the other part that we're going to talk about today, too, that I love is leading a team. I love leadership. I love um, growing and developing my own group and watching them just flourish. So that's the other uh, silver lining that, you know, of course, our borrowers don't see, but selfishly, I love it. So yeah, I can definitely see that, you know, 10 years into Lodestar now being able to, you know, our head of operations started as a 24 year old intern doing some marketing for us, right? And now she's managing a team and our um, one of our most important employees. So it's definitely a really rewarding part about leading any organization. Um, And I know you touched on one of the things we want to talk about is kind of the idea of mentorship and development in the industry. Um, Before we get to how you develop and mentor people, how talk a little bit about folks that helped you along the way and kind of what what inspires you you to pay it forward, which it seems like you are doing a ton. Yeah, thank you. So it's funny because when I think about mentorship and finding a mentor, Um, you know, I think probably when a a lot of us got started in the early 2000s, there really wasn't that concept of having Mm -hmm. a mentor, getting a mentor, especially at smaller mortgage shops, right? There's Mm -hmm. might be five people working there. So you're just lucky to cross paths with somebody that might help you and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, hone those skills in a little bit. And really, you know, from my very, very first role, um, I was working with someone who was easily twice my age every day. Mm -hmm. 
just took me under her wing and was very kind and patient and didn't, you know, she knew that I had the potential to do uh, better things. And so I think as a whole, I think about mentorship like that. I don't think about it as such a formal process. Mm -hmm. I think about it as more of, you know, really a a relationship that grows over time professionally to where, Mm -hmm. you know, someone is not afraid to tell you things that are awesome and also equally not great sometimes, right? Because that helps you grow. It helps you be aware of yourself um, and what you need to work on. So I think just as a journey as a whole, you know, it really needs to be organic if you're talking about true mentorship. Um, I've seen some great structured programs out there that probably work. I've, I've never been in any situation like that, but I've been really fortunate to have um, just a lot of wonderful people who took a chance on me in one shape or another. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, just gave me the really genuine, honest feedback, um, good, bad, and ugly. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, when we think about mentorship as a whole, that's my view on it. Um, I think there's one other important piece that, you know, I really wanted to touch on today, which I just heard recently, which is, um, you know, don't just think about mentorship as somebody that, you know, you're really close with that can help you grow. You also have to think about mentorship in the way of a sponsor. So what that actually means, right, Mm -hmm. is there's people behind closed doors making all kinds of decisions without you, Mm -hmm. without your mentor, right? Um, And are those people advocating for you? Are they, you know, aware of what you bring to the table and really making decisions with you in mind? And so um, I would even just go one step further to say, you know, mentorship is very important um, for you to get better day in and day out of what you do, but sponsorship is equally as important, if not more important to the future self of your, you know, your future self for your career, um, and even your path in a, at a company. So just wanted to add that little twist. And I've been fortunate too, as well, to have a lot of great sponsors in my life. Yeah, I think that's really important. And that's a concept I've, I've heard a little bit here and there, but uh, would love to explore in more detail. So is that mutually exclusive? Can someone be a mentor and a sponsor? And for someone, you know, who may be starting at a larger company, how do you go about, you know, getting getting that sponsor? Yeah, so again, I think it is organic, for mm-hmm. sure. As someone that can be, um, to answer your question, someone absolutely can be a mentor and a sponsor. But I also think it's about figuring out who is responsible for making those decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are, and, you know, how do you go about it is you just simply ask, you know, who is responsible for whether it's promotions or, you know, making a lateral move so you can do something new Mm -hmm. that excites you at an organization when you get there and figure out what those opportunities look like. Mm -hmm. Um, Who's responsible for making those decisions? And so, um, and then, you know, really ultimately going to that person and saying, Hey, look at what I bring to the table. Like, this is what I want to do. You have to be a self advocate to some degree, right. To even get a sponsor, because if that person doesn't know that you're interested, then making friends with them doesn't do, um, doesn't do much, you know, work in the long run. So you really have to be step one, self advocating for yourself and figuring out what you want to do. Um, and then again, really figuring out who is responsible for making those decisions Um, and sometimes, you know, you'll, new things will come up and they'll tell you about it so Mm -hmm. that, that you'll be a good fit. But I think the further you go up the ladder, the less likely that is, right. You have to really, uh, seek out what it is you want to do. Um, but yeah, sponsors are just as important. It's all Mm -hmm. about asking the questions. 
Well, and there's there's kind of a vision component to that, right? Of like, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there, right? So, um, you know, that was one of the things you just touched on of you need to know what you want and know who to ask for it. Um, I will challenge you a little bit because it seems like through your story and through your history, you don't you didn't necessarily it's like most people, it's not a clear cut path. Right. So how do you go, you know, keeping your options open, finding those people without necessarily knowing this is the executive position that I want to be in, in in three to five years? Yeah, for sure. When you're early in your career, I mean, I would just certainly encourage people to just try out different things. Right. I mean, I think that's part of figuring out who you are as a person, what you're best at, and then how you can serve the company in the best fashion that you love. So there's a lot of trial and error for sure. Um, I was in sales at one point in time, and that just gave me a good picture of, you know, what it takes to go out and hunt for your food and then also, you know, kill it and grill it, all that good stuff. And you know, but that gave me a new respect for them. It, it showed me a different lens. And so I think, um, you know, really trying to figure out what you want to do is key. Um, not being afraid to um, take the leap. You know, there is some fear based, like we've talked about before, there is some risk, there's some fear there. But as long as you're um, laying the right foundation and making plans, you know, the fear sometimes can be um, subdued a little bit by your action and your plan. And so um, you're not going to sometimes just, you know, tap someone on the shoulder and, and figure it out because there is so much trial and error just in life in general. Um, and, you know, to some degree, I think we're all still, uh, there's some still untapped potential that we don't even know is there in ourselves, right? That we're yeah. still figuring out. So I mean, until you have to figure something out or do it, right? You don't know what you're capable of until you kind of get, get pushed in a way. That's right, for mm-hmm. sure. And, and that's where the risk factor comes in, right? You push yourself to an uncomfortable spot that may uh, help you grow as an individual, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, professionally or personally. Yeah. And I think that sort of um, helps you determine your next path and then, like I said before, too, we we didn't have a clear sponsor or mentorship uh, program back then, or you may still be at a company that's smaller in size, um, but you still can absolutely create some opportunities for yourself and growth and, um, and sponsorship and mentorship for sure. And by, you know, sooner or later than you have people asking you to be their mentor, right? At the end yeah. of the day, right? That I feel like there kind of hits this this point where it's not mutually exclusive, right? You can be a mentor and then also have a mentor at the same time, right? I feel like absolutely you, you should in in many ways. Um, and I, I myself um, been mentoring, you know, startups, um, departments at colleges, other folks I know who are starting businesses who are a little, um, who are pretty new. Um, and I think the thing that I don't know if people get out of it as one. Someone once told me, you don't need to ask someone to be your mentor for them to be a mentor to you. That's right. Right. So it doesn't have to be, will you be my mentor? It's not this formal thing. Just ask them questions. Um, And I think the other misconception for me um, is just how much as a mentor you get out of doing it. Um, So I'd love for you to kind of speak to that, not just like paying it forward, but how does being a mentor make you you know, a, a better leader, better at, at X position that you have at the moment or better. Person, yeah. Though, I frankly. mean, yeah. no, you're, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be this formal. Will you be my mentor process? I think mm-hmm. that is um, a total misconception. 
it's an organic thing like we've talked about before. And um, certainly, you know, the best partnerships and the best um, mentorships are really two way. Uh, it's not just, Hey, how can I help you get to this, you know, next level or what can I help you discover about yourself? You know, I also reverse it and say, well, what, you know, what can I do better? What can I do for you? Or what am I not doing that you would love for me to do? Or have you had a different boss that did something, you know, it's just really exploring, um, you know, what that person can provide you as well from a feedback perspective, because, um, that's how you really bond and that's how you really grow. That's how I get things out of it too. Mm-hmm. Just um, because once that relationship, once I've gotten that close with somebody, they should be pretty comfortable, yeah. you know, with the feedback both ways. So 110% agree, not yeah. formal. Um, and just like you said, pick up the phone. There's people. Absolutely. I still call every day and ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> it's important to have that. And I'm sure at, you know, at, at a transition period, like you have now, it's really important to have, you know, those shoulders to lean on because you talked a little bit about sponsors inside your company helping you, but you know, you grow that network outside of your company. I think it can have a lot of, of positive impacts, not just looking for jobs, but, but beyond that. Absolutely. And it's funny because um, I actually just said to my husband a a day or two ago, I said, I didn't realize how many sponsors I actually had until I no longer had a job Um, because people are referring me and, um, you know, just that just means so much. It just Mm -hmm. really shows, you know, the depth and, and power that a network has. Mm -hmm. Um, just even to the points of, you know, somebody I worked with 10 years ago that we've just kept in touch, um, you know, just knows me from that long ago and knows no matter what, that I'll have a higher, uh, purpose and helps Mm -hmm. refer me over and, um, just provides me with that. And, you know, to your point, I'm also talking to sponsors about, um, just possible next steps that I'm conceptualizing as well now too, just to make sure, Um, my gut check, check, you know, checks out and theirs checks out too. And, um, because they would want what's best for you. And I think that's the right way to approach, uh, when you're open to work anyways, for sure, the right way to approach it. And even if you're not right, just knowing opportunities and knowing things that are are available down the road. I had a situation with, um, my wife is in a job she's incredibly happy with. She got approached about something else. I said, if nothing else, it's going to make you realize what you have. Right. And, and just kind of like, you know, have a newfound appreciation for for a role. Um, and I feel that was, you know, in that case, what what happened. So I think it's important to do that. And then in talking about the power of networks, is that something that you feel is you do intentionally at this point of like, let me continue to be in touch with the people, talk to people, you know, message people because it's work right at the end of the day to you know maintain relationships, albeit being easier now than it's been with with the power of technology. Yeah, it's funny because I think um, it's always important and it Mm -hmm. is a lot of work, but it's it's fun. Why I say it's funny is because there's some that have just transitioned into friends. So it doesn't feel like work. And then there's others where I know that maybe in the future we'll work together again. So selfishly, because they've transferred into friends and they're awesome at their role. You know, I'm thinking about them as I'm talking to people about, you know, what I'm going to do next. And so. Mm there's somewhat of a a little bit of a collaboration going on there to some degree, um, you know, whether conceptually long-term, short-term, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely intentional about it. Um, but it, it's intentional in a genuine way. It's not intentional. Like, 
the first text you'll get from me is, Hey, you know, what can you do for me? Cause that not just, cold calling that, them, right? That's, yeah. yeah, right. No. And I think for the most part, it's, you know, it's all about, um, you know, everybody talking, especially in our industry and especially mm-hmm. right now talking about what's going on. That's why when you and I got on the phone, um, first or on this, um, mm-hmm. this, uh, yeah, video chat right away. That's the first thing I asked is like, how's business going? Cause I'm curious. And so mm-hmm. it's important for us to stay, um, just really connected to one another, especially in tough times, because we can always help each other. I mean, mm-hmm. always. And um, a network is absolutely your net worth, 110%. Yeah, I think that's something that I've been seeing more and more. And really the value of a lot of the content we put out is, you know, getting clients is one thing and it happens a bit, but it's really more when you're recruiting or you know, networking or just building those connections that have a lot of value of, hey, we need to figure this thing out. Jim, do you know anyone who does this? Yeah, I do. Right. And then like you have a conversation with someone to your point and I always, you know, go in, I'm like, okay, this is going to be 80% catching up, learning what they're up to. But I have one question I want to ask at some point. So it's, it's, you know, you can, you can kind of, you know, do a little, a little bit of both. And to your point, too, you reminded me of something. Um, generally, when you're talking to people, I don't think you really have to spell those things out, right? They kind of know where you're at, what you would be looking for, what you would be interested in, especially if it's someone you talk to a lot. We were um, coaching um, one of our uh, marketing reps who's going to be at his first conference exhibiting um, with the company in a few weeks. And that was one of our pointers of like, people know why you're there. Like, you don't really have to say anything. Like, they know you're standing behind or right in front of a Lodestar banner. Like, they know you tried to sell up a calculator, so, like, you don't have to hammer it home. Like, you know, you talk to someone, and then they'll give you the information that you are interested in. So I think that's, you know, very much true with those types of conversations as well. Agreed. And, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, the other thing is, is it's, once you've been doing something for so long, your yeah. network just, I mean, it just grows naturally. It's yeah. just not something that I think it takes a lot of work, but again, it doesn't feel like work, especially as they evolve into friendships. It's just, Mm -hmm. um, I've been so fortunate to work with so many lovely people over the course Mm -hmm. of my career. And, um, even people that are coming in, if they're in town and even while I'm unemployed, they're like, Hey, you want to go grab an appetizer? You want to go like do this? And absolutely. You know, I'm just, um, you just got to keep your options open and keep working your, for sure working your network. I mean, if nothing else, it's fun too, right? Of just Yeah, uh, right. We catch up and have a good plug time. In. Plug into that. And I know something, um, in addition to being passionate about mentoring, um, you had, um, you've done a lot in your career with um, specifically women in the industry and building up women in leadership. So I would love, you know, to talk about kind of the juxt- the marriage of those two in a way of merging together of, you know, how you've seen that change over your time in the industry um, and, you know, how you feel about that going forward, especially as it relates to, to mentoring and development. Yeah. It's so um, awesome that you asked that question because there were a few things that I think I've learned along the way, which is number one, um, you know, if you're a female and your mentor is male, generally speaking, a man wants to mentor you on your confidence. Um, it's just natural for that to happen. And mm-hmm. my advice, 110% is teach them a PL if you have the opportunity. Ignore the confidence part. That can come later. Mm-hmm. If you teach someone how to read a PL, especially a female leader, mm-hmm. it gives them the confidence to drive mm-hmm. their decisions. It gives mm-hmm. them the confidence to 
um, make a very well uh, informed, broad scope decision. And I'll never forget somebody that taught me how to read a PL and mm-hmm. they just taught me all the facts. They didn't focus on, you know, how I presented or what I spoke about or, you know, my mannerisms or anything like that. And it was very impactful to me, not mm-hmm. in that, even in just that moment, but to my career. Mm-hmm. And that's investing in somebody long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly if someone's coming to advice for, comp, you know, how do I present yeah. this in this way? I'm very nervous totally normal, but that's, um, something to me that lasts a moment and a PL to me lasts yeah. a lifetime. So mm-hmm. I wanted to just like drop that little nugget because I think the more we can empower female leaders on understanding mm-hmm. how to drive their decisions based on mm-hmm. off profit and loss, the more successful mm-hmm. we will all be. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just, it was just a turning point in my career. Um, mm-hmm. it's like I said, it stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very important to one other thing as well, whether you're male, female, what, mm-hmm. whatever, um, you know, and if you're a leader and you're on calls, especially with us in a virtual world, mm-hmm. all of us talk over each other all of the time in meetings specifically. And if you are present and there are people that are talking over a lady, pause the other person and ask that other person who is interrupted to fi- allow her to finish making her point. Mm-hmm. Um, it just really gives that person the confidence that you believe in them, that they're important and that they're mm-hmm. heard. And those are two small things, but they yeah. mean a lot. And mm-hmm. so um, I just wanted to point those out today because to mm-hmm. me, those are both very personal and very um, material in mm-hmm. guiding people down um, in, in the right path and then growing their career. And I think very actionable, right? Those are two very easy things for any man who's a mentor to do. Um, and uh, that you reminded me, our um, director of marketing and sales, Elena, who's a co-host of this podcast, she um, was talking to another director of sales at a, at a company, a, a man, and his advice to her is, Elena, you're not confident enough. Right. Like it was, and I feel like I, I really like your note of like with competency comes confidence. Um, but also, I think there's this pressure of to succeed, you kind of have to succeed in X way, which is hard charging type A male way. Right. So, do you, do you feel like you've had that pressure over your career? You've, you know, been able to subvert that pressure? Like, is that something that's always in the, the back of your head, especially when you're, you're mentoring folks? Well, it's funny because I think everybody leads in a different way. And to your point, mm-hmm. um, you know, there is some, you know, expectation, especially at a certain level to be a certain way, to be a certain type of aggressor or to be mm-hmm. a certain, and it's, you know, we, I think we all do it in our own way. Um, I try to really be very respectful. Um, I've been labeled as being too kind. Um, but to me, you know, being kind is not definitely not a weakness because I'm for those of the, you know, you that have been on my teams and stuff know that certainly it's not a weakness. Um, and so I think, you know, I would just challenge the narrative that you've got to be assertive, aggressive, whatever to be, whatever that X box is, right. That we're talking about Mm -hmm. and you can drive points home and be, um, you know, you, you can literally have mic drop moments and not even worry about, uh, the confidence factor when you have the data to back it up. I just, I just firmly believe that, you know, teaching the ropes of the business, whatever that is that you're doing mm-hmm. brings the confidence period, because it helps you make an informed decision. Because if I'm making a decision and not understanding the numbers behind it, 
And then I come to you as my boss and say, oh, I made this decision. And they're like, well, why didn't you yeah. think about the numbers, the PL? Well, then you're, that's right. How can I be confident about that decision? So it's just like, you know, we have to, I think we really have to change that narrative, especially mm -hmm. when we're talking to newer managers. Mm -hmm. They may not learn the PL right away, but it needs to be a goal for them for sure in their mm -hmm. career to learn what that looks like, even if it's on a very small scale, even if it's mm -hmm. just, you know, their cost to produce, right. their, you know, yeah. it just, it really, really helps. Just the context in many ways of what you're doing and That's why right. this is important too, right? Is important. Right. And I, I think I've come across that same kind of idea in sales, right? There's a, an idea of what a salesperson is, you know, this used car salesman, like, and for me, I, that was never my personality. It's, I want to be a resource. I want you coming to with me with problems. Um, and if I'm that resource for you, that's going to have a lot of value, not only that I can create value for you, but for me, because if I'm not the best person to help you, I can connect you with that person. It, it's a lot of like that networking power. If I know, you know, Jill at X company who can solve your problem, that's going to be a really good, you know, relationship and, um, and a referral. So I think that's the way I've approached it. Um, and to your point, everyone just kind of has to bring their personality to it. And the more we get through the period of like, no, it's not type A hard charging personality that works, you know, that's gotten us into a lot of trouble in a lot of situations. Yeah. And it's, I don't think anyone has ever told me to be more confident. I don't think I, I really genuinely don't think I lack confidence. So I haven't, you know, had that necessary um, experience in my particular career, but I see it all the time. So I think, um, you know, allowing people to be themselves, especially you know, the analyzers in the groups, I mean, they just need a day to think about something. And then sometimes they can come back with the most well thought out, brilliant plan that nobody that was just aggressive and had to, you know, we all had to leave the meeting right away yeah. would have come up with. So everyone's got a different style, different approach. We just mm -hmm. have to give them the right tools and their um, tool belt to really execute. Yeah. And learn about the people you're working with of what, what works, what doesn't work. And I, that's one of my favorite things in building a company is I feel like I can get someone and put them in a different seat and they will be 5% as effective as the person in that seat, right? The person who I have um, building, developing code all day and the person out calling and doing sales, if they switch places, nothing would happen. So just seeing those different talents and having the right person in the right seat is really, really cool to see, you know, how people can be different at very, very, or great at very different things. Absolutely. It takes a diverse team to make yeah. things happen. Mm -hmm. So um, last question that we have, this time always goes by fast, like I was saying at the, at the beginning here. Um, at Lodestar, a Lodestar is a, a guiding star, a North Star. Um, so we like asking people, what is your inspiration? What gets you, you know, up in the morning, working out like you had mentioned in one of your other podcasts and networking, creating content, doing all of these things that you certainly don't have to do. So what is your kind of driving force behind that? Yeah. So I was raised by a single mother and mm -hmm. then I have two daughters of my own. And so really, you know, just being an inspiration to them is super important to me. Um, showing them, you know, that I get up and work hard and drive towards, you know, what I want to do in life in general um, is just really important. And I tell them all the time, <laughs> I tell them all the time, you know, you don't have to go to college if you mm -hmm. want to do trade school, something like that. Um, you know, I, I fully support it, but I want you to be the best, whatever you choose to be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't, uh, half be a half stepper. You absolutely have to go all into something. So, um, 
you know, that really is my driving force. They, they're absolutely my motivation. Um, I was always motivated when I was younger anyways, but I think that's because I was raised by a single mother. So <laughs> that just gave me the, the work ethic, the drive, the grit, the determination, um, just seeing her day in and day out and then being an inspiration for my two girls because we need more strong-headed girls in our uh, world. So Absolutely. My, my daughter's only one, but that's definitely traits I hope to, you know, slowly but surely instill as well. So I think that's a great note to tell on uh, Michelle Kraskowski. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, please find her online. She creates a lot of content. She'll probably be in about three more podcasts um, before and after this one comes out. So um, thanks so much for coming on the show, Michelle. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. Thank you for listening to Lodestar's Lending Leaders. Please like, subscribe, and rate us five stars anywhere you get your podcasts. I'd like to give a special thank you to the Lodestar team involved with the production of this podcast, including Elena Gardner, Tim Austin, and John Gardner. 